Hey friend, welcome to the Feel Your Best podcast. I'm your host, Meg Lafferty, and I'm here to tell you that you can feel better. In fact, your best, in your own skin. Yep, I mean you. Busy, hardworking, badass woman who's juggling all the things and at the end of her rope when it comes to her health. I know you, I am you, and my clients you too. It might not seem possible, but you don't have to keep feeling like this in your one and only body. That's why I'm on a mission to show you the other side. Join me each week as my guests and I share the tools you need to actually enjoy the body you've been blessed with. Because the answer isn't in another restricted diet, task on your to-do list, or simply sitting in this uncomfortable feeling. It's in uncovering your unique roadmap to your healthiest self. Ready to get started? Let's dive in to today's episode. Welcome back for another episode of the Feel Your Best podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome Laura. She is such an inspirational, upbeat, and powerhouse woman leading the way to helping burnt out nurses leave work at work, get their energy back, and create a healthy work-life balance that they actually love. And she is here with us today to talk about her energy audit and simple ways that you can work through the energy problems that you may be having. So I am just so excited and eager for you to hear from Laura today, as I know there will be so many wonderful takeaways for you to apply to your life, whether you are a nurse or not. So Laura, I'm so excited for this conversation today, but first, before we dive in, I would love for you to take a moment to introduce yourself to the listeners and tell us about who you are, who who your VIPs are and who it is that you serve. Yeah. So thank you so much for having me. I'm Laura Wiley. I am actually a former pediatric ICU nurse by trade, and I turned into a nurse mentor and a the CEO of the and founder of the Brightly Balanced Nurse. And exactly what you said, I help burnt out nurses, but really the work that I do is applicable for any woman in a caregiving role. We all know that women just love to give and to care for so many people. And so many times we forget about ourselves. And it's something I'm still actively learning every single day, even though I'm this expert in work-life balance and, and caring for yourself first. I'm a new mom. So my VIPs are my husband, Hunter. We've been married for, I don't know how long we've been married, but we've been together for like <laughs> 10 years. <laughs> and then my daughter, Quinn, who is five months as of just a few days ago. So Um, I'm getting all the lessons once again in how to care for yourself and prioritize yourself first. And it just has renewed this bigger spark for helping women, you know, take control of their energy and take back control of their lives. Yeah, I love that. And as you said, it's a whole new perspective and world that you're living in after welcoming Quinn into your life and learning how to prioritize your needs first and the importance of that. And you do such a wonderful job of sharing that on your social media of saying like, it's not selfish to take care of yourself first. And I love how you put it into perspective for women that it's actually more selfish not to prioritize your needs and the reasons why it is selfish not to do that for yourself. So I love that you are pushing that out there because So many women and especially moms need to hear that message because I feel that many of us have grown up in a society that has told us differently. Like you do everything for everybody else. And if you don't, that is very selfish. And 
what happens is that we end up burnt out and overwhelmed and stressed out and moody. And then who do we take it out on our VIPs? So I just appreciate you so much for being here and being open to share what you have done with not only yourself, but also your mentees specifically around energy and learning how to prioritize their needs. Because as you said, as caregivers, it is second nature to just give to everybody else. But when it comes to yourself, that's very hard. I would love for you to tell us a little bit more about your energy audit and why women should take the time to do this. Oh my gosh. Yes. So I feel like the number one thing I hear from nurses and honestly, all of my female friends as well is I'm so tired. I'm so tired. And we think most of the time we assume that it's going to be because we need more sleep, right? But there's so much more that goes into energy. And so what I've done with my nursing clients, because that's where I started out, was creating an energy audit to figure out okay, why don't I have this energy? And then it gives you the steps to actually take to get that energy back. So the first question you need to ask yourself when it comes to this energy audit is, am I physically fatigued and tired or am I mentally and emotionally exhausted? And maybe it's a combination of the two and that's totally fine too, but it starts with that question because your action steps from there are totally different. Mm. So we're going to start with the physical energy because I actually think that's a little bit easier to address. Yeah. So let's say that it's physical energy. If you know that you're physically exhausted, there's five things that you need to look into. Okay. The first one is, have I been eating enough? Have I been eating enough and have I been eating nourishing foods, which I know you're totally an expert in. So I'm not even going to get into that <laughs> because, you know, that's your wheelhouse, but I see all the time. And this is also how I am. If I get stressed, I don't eat. Like, it's just a natural thing to me. And especially, you know, when you're giving to so many other people, maybe you forget to eat, you know, for nurses, they feel like they have to do all these things before taking their lunch break. And I know even as a mom, I'm like, you know, rushing around the house, making sure Quinn is okay. And then I forget to eat. Yeah. So are you eating enough? Are you eating foods that actually nourish your body and give you that energy? I don't believe in like good and bad foods or healthy or unhealthy, but that's the first place to start and to look at. The second place is, are you hydrated? Are you drinking water? Because I know when I was burnt out, I used to always just go straight for the coffee. I would wake up for my shifts at uh, the hospital. I would get that cup of coffee in. And then I probably wouldn't have a drink of water until maybe 2 a.m. Because I work night shift. Yeah. So one of the rules that I implement is hydrate before you caffeinate. Like yeah. make sure as you're making your coffee or tea or whatever, drink that eight to 16 ounces of water in that time and then go ahead and have that coffee and make sure that you're drinking more water than any of those other drinks anyway. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love I, that you said that. <laughs> oh yeah. So necessary. <laughs> it really is. And it sounds so simple, but I had this client last year and she was like, Laura, I am doing all the things, you know, I'm doing my routines. I'm doing my habits. I'm still exhausted. And I was like, okay, well, let's go back to this energy audit. We checked off food. We got to water and she was like, oh, I was like, what? And she's like, I'm not drinking water. I was like, well, 
okay, so let's try and implement these things, like make sure that you're drinking water throughout the day and then we'll circle back. Within days, she messaged me, she said, Laura, I feel so much better. She said, now I'm not having this crash at 2 p.m. because I'm yeah. actually hydrated. So it really does make such a difference. It gives you energy. And I mean, I see it every day. If I'm forgetting to drink water, 2 p.m. hits and I'm like about to take a nap with my kid. Mm-hmm. Like it's so simple, but it works. Yeah. Yeah. So first two steps, super simple. If you're able to go through those things and check them off and be like, yes, I'm eating enough. They're nourishing foods. Yes, I'm hydrated. Then you go to the next step, which is when was the last time you went outside? Like, have you been getting fresh air? And I know it's hard in the winter too. It's cold. Like you don't want to go outside, but vitamin D does such an amazing thing to your body and your mind. Getting that fresh air and that natural sunlight can definitely boost it. Like I know for me, it's a huge factor. Yeah. Let's say that you've been going outside though. Then you go on to the next thing, which is how's your sleep? Okay. And this is where everyone wants to start first. And and it is obviously like a huge factor in your energy, but are you sleeping too much or too little? I know for me, when I was a night shift nurse, I would sleep so much in an attempt to feel better and to have more energy. And it actually made me more tired. So you can look at that. Maybe you're sleeping too much and it's making you groggy, or maybe you're sleeping too little. I mean, you're sleep deprived. And then also looking at, okay, how's the quality of my sleep? Am I like really restless? Am I waking up a lot? Am I having like these really vivid dreams? Am I in a light sleep? Because that is obviously affecting the quality of your rest as well. So if you can take a look at that, you can check it off, you're feeling good. Then the last thing is, when was the last time you took a break? Now with my nurse clients, I always say, okay, when was the last time you had more than like three days off? Because that's what most nurses have. But if you're not in a nursing role, maybe you have a nine to five job, maybe you're a stay at home mom. When was the last time you had a break to yourself that you weren't caring for anyone else? You had no other responsibilities except to just rest. That is a huge one. And if most people can't even answer that. So at that point, if you can check everything off and you haven't taken a break, then your action step is to schedule that. Mm-hmm. Get with whoever you need to get to, schedule the childcare, you know, put in that PTO request, like make sure that you have a break on the calendar, use your sick days, your mental health days, and actually take time to yourself. Like turn off the phone, let someone else take care of your children. If you have kids, like just turn off the world for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And any of these steps in the physical energy audit, it's pretty like a self-explanatory, right? You're not eating enough food, then start to make sure, you know, maybe you have to plan your meals. Maybe you have to set a reminder on your phone. Maybe you need to do a different grocery list. Same thing with water. I'm all about using your phone for good. Put alarms on your phone. Remind you to take water. I'm constantly doing that. The same thing with going outside, like, okay, what's your goal this week? Maybe you're going to get outside once a day for five minutes at a time. None of these like action steps from this physical energy audit have to be overwhelming or all consuming. A lot of times it's just one small step you can take in the right direction to try and boost that physical energy. Those are such great tips. And as you said, they are simple tips that can be 
applicable right away, that doesn't make them easy. I love how you laid this out for our listeners today to say, and also let me take a step back, like differentiating between physical tiredness and energy and emotional energy, because so often people will just hear energy and they're like, yeah, I'm just tired, but taking a step back and really identifying well, why are you tired? Like what is actually making you tired makes all of the difference because as you're sharing, there's different ways to approach those different parts of your energy. I appreciate you breaking that down to help our listeners see that and hear that. And then giving them these beautiful tips that they can take right now and put into practice. So I want to thank you so much for doing that. Oh my gosh. Of course. Like I always think back to the basics of nursing, which is, you know, it's called ADPI. You know, when we have a patient, the first thing you do is you assess the patient. It's the same thing in our lives. You need to take an assessment or an audit of what's actually going on. All right. So that's where that question of, okay, is it physical or mental tiredness? Like assess it. And then you can get down to diagnosing, right? That's the second step in the nursing process. Diagnose yourself, okay, where is the disconnect here? And then from there, it's a plan, mm-hmm. right? So you plan and you implement it and then you evaluate. And so you can do all of this over again. And it sounds so silly to like apply the nursing process that we use in medicine, but it's if we all were able to do that in our own lives, our own health, all of those things, it would act like we would see more of a change. Yeah. Instead of just constantly being in this burnout tired cycle. Yeah. Yeah. And like chronically uncomfortable and experience stress. And it puts that power in your hands that you are in charge of your own health. And here are the things that you can do to take action and make that happen. Like when you are going to the doctor, if there's ever anything wrong, you can actually say, this is, I'm aware of these problems. This is what's going on. These are the things I've tried. Now what? Now, instead of going in blindly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I'm actually so glad that you brought that up because nine times out of 10 with my clients, if they go through this physical energy audit, they can see where the disconnect is and then change it. There is that one person out of every 10 though, where they're doing all of these things and they're still exhausted. That is when you can go to the doctor and say, listen, my diet, my, um, movement, um, cause movement's a part of this too. Right. And that like getting outside, when have you moved your body? I'm getting the vitamin D I'm doing all these things. My sleep is on point. I think there's something else going on. And that's when you can actually start to dig a little deeper. Like I said, nine times out of 10, all of my clients are able to be like, yep, something on this list. But I have had clients in the past where they've um, gotten their hormones checked or, yeah. you know, they're maybe like a deficiency somewhere that they actually have to address. And they were able to figure that out faster because they went through this checklist. Exactly. Exactly. So it takes out some of that unnecessary time and pain and just things that you don't have to go through because you have done the work yourself Mm -hmm. and now you have the awareness around what might be going on. So I love that. And I appreciate you sharing all this. Now tell us a little bit more about identifying if you're mentally tired, what is the difference and how, how do we know? Yes. So I always like to think about like, so I always think back to burnout, right? So if there is a nurse on a unit who says that they're burnt out, 
and they're exhausted, but they keep saying, well, I'm doing all of the things. I'm moving my body. I'm, you know, treating myself well physically. I'm like, I actually like, I'm able to work out. Like I have the energy to work out, but I just feel so exhausted. That's when you start to think, okay, maybe it's a mental or emotional exhaustion. Even myself, the past like month or two, someone was asking me, they were like, well, where's, where's the disconnect? Where are you feeling off? I'm like, well, I feel physically great. I'm working out five times a week. Like I, like I have this physical energy and I was like, oh, it must be an emotional tired. It must be like, that's why I'm still struggling to, you know, do the things I want to do or think clearly. And you can typically, if you actually sit down and ask this question, you can probably inherently know like, oh, okay. Like this is a mental game here. And I want to distinguish the difference. So this is not, I'm not talking about diagnosed uh, mental health disorders. So not depression, not anxiety. This is, you know, more so of things that you have not experienced before outside of that, because I know anxiety and depression are very prevalent in women. And that is a different treatment, right? Like that is a, your therapist, your counselor, um, psychiatrist, whatever. This is, these are things that you can actually take control of on your own. So if you are identifying that you are physically or um, mentally and emotionally tired, usually the symptoms are you can't think very clearly. You just don't have this like love for what you usually love. And these do sound sometimes like burnout symptoms or depression symptoms, but you're not consumed by them. You're still functioning. You're still doing the things, but you're just like, eh, I just don't feel like doing anything. I don't feel like getting off the couch. I don't feel like having fun. Or maybe you just are feeling so heavy, right? You just are like, I'm overwhelmed. I'm really stressed. I feel like I can't take a deep breath. Those are all times where I can identify myself like, oh, okay. Like I'm pretty emotionally exhausted right now. Yeah. And maybe your patience is less, your temper is hot and you're taking it out on everyone around you, which I know you talked about. I mean, that was a huge thing for me when I was burnt out. I would lash out on my husband. It was horrible. And I didn't want to do that. Or I would cancel plans with my friends. Yep. You know, something that was supposed to fill me up. I was like, I don't even have the mental capacity to do that right now. Yeah. So those are all signs that you can kind of be like, oh, okay, this might be a mental or emotional exhaustion. Now from there, it's the same thing with the physical audit, right? So like you're going to go through this checklist and maybe you're doing all these things. That's when you would maybe approach a therapist, a counselor, you know, help for your mental health, which honestly, I tell all of my clients to have a counselor <laughs> of some sort because it's so valuable, but here's some of the things that you can do. So you're going to look first and foremost at, we're actually going to start here. When was the last time you took a break? Like truly, when was the last time you took a break? Because if you're having burnout symptoms, if you are feeling overwhelmed or super, super stressed, it's usually because you haven't been able to take the space to take a deep breath. I always envision like, you know, when, when we all breathe in and your like shoulders come up and you're holding it and it's like, you're just holding it and you're holding it and holding it and holding it for weeks or months at a time, you know, you need that break to actually exhale yeah. and to actually just breathe it all out. So that's a really important place to start. Let's say you have had a break, you know, and it's been like 
quality breaks. It's not just like, I'm going to go on vacation to Disney World and take my children. Like that's not a break. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> that's overwhelming. That's stressful. That's a lot of work on you. Like, no. <laughs> like when was the last time, even if it's like I tell my clients, even if it's four hours to yourself, doing whatever feels good. Mm-hmm. These breaks, let's say that you haven't taken a break. The question you need to ask is what would feel good to me? What do I need right now in this moment? Do I need to just book a hotel like I did Friday night by myself downtown (laughs) and take myself out to dinner and read a book and get in bed by myself? Maybe that's it. Maybe it's glorious. (laughs) Oh my God, it was great. (laughs) It was amazing. And before you continue on, I'm, I'm really grateful that you shared that because I know specifically moms that are listening right now, they're going to be like, what? I could never separate myself from my kids. I could never do that. And I I just appreciate that you authentically and honestly just shared, like, I realized I needed a break. There's nothing wrong with the fact that I needed this time for myself. I'm a person. I'm a woman. I deserve to have time for myself to fill up my cup because you know what? When I'm filling up my cup, my kids are watching and they're going to see the value of doing that. So I, I appreciate you sharing that. And something that I do that I've started the past year is I have a mom's night every single week because I realized with being majority of the time, a stay at home mom, mm-hmm. I needed, and even if you're not a stay at home mom, you need that time for yourself. And I realized that when I take that small chunk of time and I have that break to do what fills my cup up, I'm much more happy around my VIPs and I show up more patiently and all of those, you know, happy feelings overflow into my family. Whereas when I'm not doing that for myself, I'm snapping, I'm angry, I'm impatient. As you were saying, all of those signs that are a red flag, you're mentally and emotionally fatigued. So side note to say, I really appreciate you sharing that you yourself have taken a break and that you value that too. Yeah. And honestly, it was hard. Like I was going back and forth with it for two weeks. I was like, oh, well, she's waking up at night again because I mean, I primarily breastfeed her. So, oh, like this isn't going to work. She's not, I, I had all these stories in my head of why I couldn't do it. And finally, the one day I was like, you know what? No we're going to do this. She's going to be fine. She knows how to take a bottle. My husband knows how to take care of her. Like it's going to be fine. And was she happy at three 30 in the morning when she was getting a bottle instead of me? No. Is she going to remember that? No. (laughs) Was my husband extra tired? Of course. Yeah. I was able to come back on Saturday afternoon and just, I I was a different person. I was relaxed. I was excited. I had my energy back. Like it was just so needed. It was that, that exhale. And I know it can be so hard. We all have those like excuses that come up for us, like whatever that might be. Oh, it's not a good time. I don't have the money, you know, whatever. But if if you need to start with baby steps, go get your nails done, go for a walk by yourself. You know, I mean, I take Quinn out for a walk. I'm looking at her the whole time. Like, it's not like a a relaxing break, right? (laughs) I'm like, oh, you're so cute. Um, (laughs) But it really does make such a difference to take that break for yourself. And you do deserve it. Mm -hmm. I think the reason that I got into what I do now is because I saw myself and so many women around me defining themselves on who they care for and how well they do it. 
And if they didn't do that, they didn't see themselves as worthy. Yeah. And I think even now it's so easy. It's second nature for us to be like, oh no, I have to do this for this person. Or I have to do this for that. Whether it's patients, your children, your friends, your family. But at the end of the day, all of this, the energy audits, the breaks, the self-care, anything, it is literally showing yourself that you deserve the care you give everyone else. Mm-hmm. And that is a powerful thing to understand. Yeah. Um, and it takes time. And it is, you know, shattering years and years of conditioning from society and the people around us and what we grew up with and the beliefs that we have. But when you are able to have that deep exhale and be like, oh no, I deserve this too. You're free to live life however you want to live it, Mm. which is the most powerful thing in the world and a powerful example for the women who come after us. Yeah, absolutely. So good. (laughs) <laughs> so the audit <laughs> get on my soapbox a little bit but so let's say you have taken a break and it was a quality break then you're gonna go through and just you know is there an emotional situation that you like have you been actually dealing with your feelings and emotions or have you just kind of been skating by them and pressing them down to just get through it and just push through This is really um, prevalent in nursing right now, obviously, with what they're experiencing at the bedside. Even when I, like before the pandemic, like even when I was a nurse, like there was tons of traumatic things that I was experiencing that I was just like, all right, let's just keep going. Because when you're there at work, you have to keep going. And I noticed that when I wasn't taking the time to process them, that's when the emotional exhaustion would really start to rise. And processing can look like a lot of different things. It can be you know, with a friend and, you know, verbally processing and venting, it can be with a therapist. It can be journaling. What was really powerful for me was brain dumping, just getting a blank sheet of paper and just writing out everything that I thought. And sometimes like at first it it wouldn't make sense. And then eventually I would get to the, the meat of the problem. Right. But let's you are dealing with your emotions and processing them. Then you're going to look at, okay, am I overloading myself? Do I have too much going on, right? Am am I, you know, do I need help? Am I trying to do all of the things for all of the people? And I am saying the words, I can't take any more. I can't do this by myself. Am I saying I feel overwhelmed? Like that's a huge sign that you might need to start delegating. I know for myself, like in the past couple of months, you know, I and staying at home with my daughter, my husband travels for work. So I'm basically solo parenting most of the week and I run a business and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm doing way too much. I don't know what the heck I'm supposed to do. And finally I was like, okay, childcare is number one. How can I figure this the heck out? And once I started offloading that, I started getting the mental space back, right? So take a look at your schedule. Are you overscheduled? You know, does your calendar have any white space on it? If not, your action step is to make some white space to do whatever, not to do more work, Mm. but to chill and take a breath. Let's say though that you're not overloaded. You've dealt with all of your emotions, you're processing, you have white space on your calendar. You've taken a break. Then we go back to the last question, which is when was the last time you had some fun? Mm. 
fun and play, I feel like for all of us, I don't know about you, Meg, but like, it's never on the forefront of my mind. No. Like ever. And my husband actually makes fun of me. He's like, you're the worst. You never want to play games. I'm like, well, what's fun for me isn't fun for you. But then I think about it. I'm like, well, when was the last time I actually did those things? For me, it's reading a book uninterrupted, like, or like, I just love exploring like parks or coffee shops. Like that's fun to me. Mm -hmm. So when was the last time you had fun on your schedule or play? And let's say though, that you've got that thing you've gone through this checklist, you have all of those things and you're still like, well, why am I so mentally and emotionally exhausted? That's when we go to the doctor or to a counselor or someone and try and get to maybe, maybe there's something else going on underneath. And there's no shame in that. In both the physical and the mental and emotional audits, you don't judge yourself through it. It's literally to just get a starting point of what do you need to start doing to feel better And if you're doing those things and you still don't feel good, there's no shame in asking for help outside of it either. So that's where you can start. (laughs) That's so good. This is like fire. And this is going to be so impactful and helpful for our listeners. And it is also radically inviting them to release some of those beliefs, especially when it comes to that taking a break. Like, am I taking a break? Am I scheduling in fun? Like, wait a minute. I can put in white space in my schedule. I didn't know that was a thing. I don't know about you, but being an Enneagram three, it's really hard to just not like want to work all of the time. So I've myself done a lot of work on that. There are so many nuggets in here that I know that they're going to be able to apply to their life. Just even recognizing that there are different types of energy exhaustion, like different avenues, and then being able to know like, okay, now these are the things that I can do for myself. And after I do these things, if I'm still exhausted, then I can ask and seek help to take it a step further and identify what truly is going on. I really, really like that. You said no judgment. Mm -hmm. I am all about going in and leading with curiosity and having no judgment on yourself and being really kind and loving. And this goes into that self-love piece. Like lovingly encouraging yourself to take the steps you need to, to start feeling better and asking the right questions to know how to start feeling better in your body. So I think this is just gold. And I am so appreciative of you taking the time in your very busy schedule yourself to be here and share this with our listeners. I would love to ask you some rapid fire questions that I ask all of my guests just to help us get to know you a little bit better. I know that you have a little one right now and it might not be (laughs) what it used to be, but do you have an AM or PM routine you love? And if so, what does that look like? Yeah. So I actually have a menu list of items I can choose from for both of these things, which I carry over from my nursing days, because sometimes you might have an hour in the morning. Sometimes I might have three minutes. Like this morning, my child did not let me have a, you know, relaxing morning routine and that's totally fine. But usually for me in an ideal world, it looks like meditating for 10 minutes. It looks like, you know, journaling and pulling cards and just really, I really value my intuition. So just spending time with myself and doing that on a day like today, it looks like a five minute journal entry, (laughs) Um, a five minute uh, meditation during her nap. And then usually like, I actually pulled a card today and just was like, all right, what do I need to focus on? Um, 
The biggest piece of all of it though, is I never check my phone before 9am. So like that for me, that's every day, no matter what, to make sure that I don't do that. PM routine, again, I do no phone after 8pm. So I just have that like time and space to myself. And honestly, in, nowadays with the little one, my nighttime routine, maybe I'm going to watch an episode of a show. Maybe I'll do a workout. Maybe I'll literally, actually every night, no matter what, I take a shower, I put some lotion on, and I usually go to bed and crash out at this point. <laughs> <laughs> nice hot shower. You have to take them when you can and like relish in those. It, it, it's hard to find the time to shower as a mom. <laughs> I will say that is the one thing that I made sure I did ever since Quinn was born was yeah. taking a daily shower. And I don't wash my hair. Let's be honest. Yeah. I wash Never. my hair once or twice a week when someone can watch Quinn. But I, like for me, that five to 10 minutes of just rinsing off and just like sitting in there, it's been amazing. Like it's such, yeah. it's such a game changer. Glorious. It's glorious. <laughs> <laughs> that's like when I do some of my best thinking I don't know like my mm -hmm. brilliant ideas come to me when I'm in the shower and I'm like oh I always say to myself I need to have a notebook close by and then I always forget but no it is glorious to have that time so I love that you have a menu of options for the a.m and p.m time so I think that's wonderful and beautiful to just share that it doesn't always have to look the same and it doesn't always have to be the same it can be as simple as five minutes exactly. and I think that is eye-opening for many listeners as well Okay. So this is, as you know, called the feel your best podcast. So I want to know what does feeling your best you can in your body mean to you? Ooh. So feeling the, my best for me is honestly having the energy to do the things that I want to do. Mm -hmm. So for me, that looks like I love moving my body. So it's just been something that I've always loved. So feeling my best is moving my body. Feeling my best is being outside and it's really just having the energy to do the things I want to do, whatever that looks like. I think now, especially, you know, there's been so many changes, but feeling my best, honest, it always goes back to the same thing, which is just appreciating the strength and just not taking it for granted. I think that came from my nursing days, what, like yeah. seeing how incredibly short and fragile life is, you know, feeling my best is just appreciating all that my body does. Mm, that's so good. I love that. And it tied beautifully into our episode today with the energy audit. Yeah. I'm obsessed with my energy. Like I obsessed. <laughs> Rightfully so. It's something that many, I think many of the listeners just are not even aware of how energetic their body can feel. And I don't mean like energetic, like, Oh yeah, I'm, I can run a marathon every day. But like, as you're saying, you have the energy to do the things that you want to each and every day. And many of us are going through day to day feeling chronic fatigue and just exhausted and drained and depleted all the time. And thinking that's normal, thinking that everybody feels that way, whereas that's not the case. And that doesn't have to be normal. So yes, get obsessed with your energy, just like Laura. <laughs> And last but not least, what are you currently reading? Or if you're not reading anything, is there a podcast that you absolutely love? Oh, so I actually just finished this book and I was obsessed with it. It was Will by Will Smith, his autobiography. It was one of honestly the best books I've read in a very long time. <laughs> so that's, I just finished that. And then I'm like doing an audio book again. I'm re-listening, rereading Untamed by Glennon Doyle. That's a great it's one. 
Yeah. But yeah. I mean, that Will Smith book, I could not put it down. It was great. Well, I'm adding it to my to BR pile, which is like ever growing. <laughs> oh yeah. Same. I have like all these behind me that still yep. need to be read. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just, it just comes with the territory of wanting to help others and improve our own lives and other lives too. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. I absolutely appreciate this so much. Go give Laura a follow on IG and check the show notes for a freebie and where you can find her and all of the good things from this episode. Thank you again, Laura. Oh, thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much for listening to the feel your best podcast today. Let this act as your daily reminder that you, yes, you friend deserve to feel the best you can in your body. My hope is that this podcast will be the place you can come to get the right dose of inspiration, education, and motivation to help you take action and see that you can create a body you love. If you loved this episode, I would be so grateful if you would share it with your friends so that they too can start feeling better in their body. Tag me on your Instagram stories with a screenshot of this episode and let me know what you thought. I'll see you next time.